See, we get back to what was wrong inside of me. There was a longing for intimacy with the divine. That's it. And without that, I'm going to try to fill it with something else. And I can fill it with work, or I could fill it with sex, or I could fill it with money or whatever, but it's not going to satisfy. The only thing that satisfies is the inside and the outside are matching. And if you haven't gone deep in the inside, there's nothing to match with. So that's why the meditation is so Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12 step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride. Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Uno Mas episode of Sober Speak. Get ready for some additional audio gold coming at you. This is episode number 202, Dose Zero Dose with Father Bill W., and we are glad you are here. But first things first, this episode right here, right now, is coming at you and brought to you by, sponsored by, if you will, Maria and Michelle and Anna. Do you know what Maria and Michelle and Anna did? Well, let me fill you in. They went to our website, www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow donate tab and they made a, a contribution. Thank you so much, Maria and Michelle and Anna, for your contribution. This episode is coming right out to ya. I, John M., just another bozo on the bus will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings. And yes, I am generally speaking, well, not even generally speaking, I think 100% of the time, I am the chairperson. In this particular scenario, we do not rotate leadership. Uh, maybe someday I'll get somebody else in here to, to guest host for me. But nonetheless, I will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings. And guess what? I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So take a seat, if you will, around this virtual table and let's get spun up. No, remember now, no matter who you are or what your past like, you are welcome here. It is an open table to all and we are glad you are here. So let me 
Give me a little insight about what is going on around me right now. So I am in the studio, which is basically just the guest bedroom up upstairs. Um, I am in the studio recording the podcast, and my wife is behind me in uh, a, a bathroom that is connected to the studio, and she told me to stay out of the bathroom because, um, how do I put this? Uh, Oh, it's not going to get gross with her. It's okay. So she was giving our bearded dragon named Charlie, which is a she, it's a long story there. She was giving our bearded dragon a bath. And apparently, and why you have to give bearded dragons baths, I don't know. That's my wife keeps up with all that. But anyway, the lovely Mrs. M was giving him a bath, her, excuse me, a bath. And the bearded dragon has a tendency to get relaxed when they are in the bath. And guess what? The bearded dragon just pooped all over the place. And um, the smell was uh, not the most pleasant from what I understand. My olfactory senses would not soak it up in a pleasant way. <laughs> I don't, am I explaining that correctly? Probably not, but you get the idea. So anyway, that's just a little scene that we have going on here, but I, yes, being the committed podcaster that I am, decided to go ahead and record anyway. And my daughter actually came in at the same time and she held her nose and she said, stay out of there, dad. Anyway, it's life with the bearded dragon, Charlie. And we also have a couple of other little uh, reptiles. And well, one's a reptile. We have a what is it called? A chameleon. It's my daughter's. Uh, the chameleon's name is, well, I call her Rango, but they, you know, you know, like the, the movie Rango, but they don't like it when I call her Rango. Her real name is Emmy or Ellie. I think it's Emmy. <laughs> so anyway, Emmy's in there. It's a little, she's a chameleon. And then the third animal that we have in the household, just in case you're counting and are curious, is a mini hamster, tiny hamster. I mean, it is really, really tiny. And uh, that little uh, munchkin's name is Cookie. As my wife and my daughter call it cookie bean, but you know, I, I don't go down that route. I just call it cookie. And you're probably wondering, why don't we have um, actual animals? <laughs> well, I guess those are actual animals, but you get the idea. Like, like a lot of people have cats and dogs and things like that. Well, me and my son are highly allergic to the cats and dogs. So this is what we have settled on in our household instead. All right. That's enough about what's going on with me. Let's go on to Mr. Excuse me, Father Bill W. Part two. If you didn't catch Father Bill W. Part one, I would 
Well, you don't have to pause your device. I think you can listen to both independently. Go ahead and listen to this one since you've already got it cranked up. And then you can pause your device, look for the episode previous to this, and get Father Bill W. Part 1. But this is Father Bill W. Part 2. We are back again with Father Bill W. We primarily focus on the art and skill, if you will, of something that uh, he teaches, Father Bill W., and uh, he absolutely loves, and it is called Two-Way Prayer, and the roots of that practice, and how Father Bill actually discovered that practice. Father Bill discusses the connection between the four absolutes from the Oxford group. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned and you will find out. And step six and seven of Alcoholics Anonymous. Father Bill says he works only three steps today and and he'll describe and he'll explain what he means by that. And there's so much more on this episode. Ladies and gents, without further ado, Please welcome Mr. Excuse me, Father Bill W. Enjoy, and I will have plenty of listener feedback on the end of this. Enjoy. Okay, everybody. So today we are sitting here one more time with Father Bill W. And for those who did not hear our episode last time, This is not the Bill W. who actually started the organization. He's nodding his head and smiling. No, no, no. This is Father Bill W. So Father Bill W., why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, give your sobriety date, if you would, and tell people where you live in this great land of ours. Yeah, um, well, I'm an Episcopal priest. I'm uh, sober since December 27th of 1972. And um, living just south of Austin, Texas, in a little town called Buda. Buda, B-U-D-A, Texas. Yes, yes. Not Buda. Not Buda. You have to be very careful. That's how they spot the tourists. (laughs) (laughs) And and I do want to talk about one thing real quick. Before we started recording, I noticed uh, Bill reaching down and opening up a door. And uh, he let his, uh, what is that? You have a dog there coming in the room? Yeah, she's 15. Uh, She's devoted to me. My wife makes note of that often. <laughs> uh, where I and go, you, she goes. You know. The you dog, not that. my wife. The dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you said you noted that when she does snore, it does not come through on the recordings. Right? No, we've test we've tested it. I I was very nervous the first few times she'd come in here and start sawing Z's. I said, "Oh my God, <laughs> there goes this podcast," you know. And, uh, but the microphone is very sensitive, so it's uh, doesn't seem to pick up the snores. It's good. Good. Yeah. All right, so. 
Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we chatted about the last time we got together. And as you know, you know, we wanted to come back, spend some more time kind of flushing out some areas that we didn't get to go into. We really just kind of got into your story, yeah. uh, the first part of your story. But, uh, it, you know, as you said on the beginning, you've been sober since 1972, which for those trying to figure it out in their head, that is 48 years, which is uh, – uh, God bless you. All right. Uh, I, I always hate to say congratulations to people because it always, to me, congratulations feels like, no, I, I don't know. Right. No. Yeah, no, it's just not no. the right word. Yeah. It's, yeah. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody's pulling for you up there. That's good. <laughs> but last time we got together, and you can go back and listen to Bill's first episode, Father Bill W. But we got, we, he talked about his, uh, what he called pilgrimage. From Detroit to La Jolla, California, which I liked. It was basically a hitchhiking experience, right? Yeah. Going from one point to another. I, what's the difference between hitchhiking from one point to another and having a pilgrimage? Well, it's all in your mind, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, it was intentional. It was uh, It was prayerful. I met some amazing people. Uh, along the route, uh, I mean, it, it was quite profound. Uh, a pilgrimage. I mean, it's it's one of the spiritual practices, really, that you're you're going somewhere, and in the going, you're uh, you're meeting God along the way. You're open, much more open to the environment, to the surroundings. Uh, and it's it's as much uh, it's as important as the destination. Hmm. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But for those listening at home, I don't know if nowadays I would suggest you go out and start hitchhiking from Detroit to La Jolla. But what the right. heck, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's a different time and a different world. But there's still many ways to have a pilgrimage. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So we talked about that. Uh, we talked about. Um, your wall that you hit when you came right. to being 20 years story, excuse me, 20 years sober. And then what I was going to next is we talked about the story of the five M's and, you know, you may want to recount that on this uh, particular episode. You don't have to, but we also talked about the Oxford group. So we never really got to flesh out the, the, the ideas, which I know are passions of yours, by the way, I didn't talk about it on the last episode, at least during our time together. I'm sure I'll put it in the introduction and such, but you have a, a website uh, and yeah. a podcast. And I want to point people to that. Usually we'll do it on the back end, but I just want to make sure people know about it. Uh, why don't you tell folks about what you have out there if they can go access? Well, uh, the website is called Two Way Prayer, T-W-O, Two Way Prayer. And uh, the podcasts are Father Bill W. Uh, get them just about anywhere. And, and I do workshops. Um, I started doing this two-way prayer practice once I learned about the Oxford group at 20 years sober. And it changed my life. And it changed my, it, it ch changed my understanding of the 11th step. And and gave uh, I was never very good at prayer and meditation, you know, uh, and and uh, you know twenty minutes in the 
in the lotus position or such. Uh, it just wasn't my style. Um, so I did the usual, you know, I would uh, read the 24-hour book and say some prayers and have my coffee and cigarettes in the early days, though those are gone, <laughs> long gone, uh, you know, um, and drink 25 cups of coffee and wonder why I can't sleep, you know. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that was early sobriety. Uh, but but this opened doors for me. And so my uh, my guidance, because that's what you receive in two-way prayer, is guidance, and particularly guidance for where's God leading you in your life? You know, what is it, what is he calling you to do? And that's how uh, I became a priest. I had been in the Jesuits and, uh, and felt a calling to priesthood. I, I was going to monasteries uh, for retreats and I met an Episcopal, I was in an Episcopal monastery in California, Holy Cross up in the mountains of Santa Barbara. And, uh, and I met the abbot actually at an AA meeting. <laughs> I ran into him at a meeting and, uh, <laughs> uh, he said, well, what, he didn't know I was there and I didn't know that he was an abbot. And we just started talking and, uh, we became friends and he said, you have a calling to be a priest, you know? And, and I said, it's, it goes really deep. I mean, when I was six or seven years old, I was, uh, or, or I guess a little older than that. I was an altar boy and I'm, uh, I was stealing communion uh, from the sacristy and playing mass. Other kids were out playing football. I was playing mass. I mean, my, <laughs> my pathology, John, is very deep, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm a very sick man. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and so um, I had joined the Episcopal Church by that point and because uh, I had a wife and three kids and while the Jesuits were liberal, I don't, they weren't that liberal that you know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was going to work. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I spoke to the bishop. I said, I don't feel called to regular ministry, but I do feel called to help alcoholics and addicts, uh, and particularly with this thing on two-way prayer. And so that was that was kind of how how it all began for, for that point. So so twenty my last twenty eight years in sobriety, I've uh, I've I've been practicing this form of meditation and prayer that they did in early AA and in the Oxford group, and and my guidance has been to get this out to people in twelve step uh, fellowships. So that's why the website. That's why the workshops. Uh, that's, 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 that's what I'm charged to do, you know? Okay. So and, let's talk about yeah. your first exposure to it and kind yeah. of your, I remember you had talked in the last episode, basically about, you came across that gentleman, uh, who was a, a historian, uh, in AA or literary historian, yeah, an archivist, like, an archivist, archivist. Yeah. Thank you. Right. And he helped to change your life by giving you exposure to these various, the, the yeah. history and through that history, I guess in the five absolutes, you came across two way prayer. So connect all the dots on that for me, if you would. Well, uh, I, I'm a reader. Uh, I was a history major, uh, in college taught history. And, uh, and so I dug into this stuff. And as I dug, uh, I felt fulfilled, and I, and I felt led to go. I kept coming across this two-way prayer. You know, it would be mentioned here, be mentioned there. Uh, 
but there wasn't an, an exact way to do it. It, it was somewhat vague, uh, but it was done, and it was the heart and soul of the and transformational process. So let me process. make sure I understand. When you said you were coming across it, does that mean you were coming across the reference to that yes. they did that back then? That's okay, exactly gotcha. right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it was in this book and that book. And uh, I mean, it, 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 it was central. And and I was a pretty serious AA guy, you know. Uh, I mean, I said I knew about the Oxford group, knew about Frank Bookman, a little bit of the history. Uh, but this two-way prayer thing, nah, didn't really get that. And um, so I started doing it. I started practicing it. Uh, I didn't tell my wife what I was doing because she'd probably have me committed, you know. But she, excuse me, dear, I'm, I'm going to go listen to God for uh, for uh, next half hour. So um, <laughs> just me and the dog. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I started it, and uh, and I heard the voice. I heard the voice, uh, and I, uh, you know, in my Jesuit training, they had talked about using imagination in prayer, and that's several hundred years old. But but uh, to to allow your imagination to enter into your prayer life, and that is what I think this process is is about. It's uh, it's not listening to the ego; it's listening to the other. And the the big book says the great reality is within. Uh, I believe that you know well, where where within. Not not in your liver so much uh, as in your mind, you know, as in, particularly in the unconscious, I believe. So it is allowing the unconscious to become conscious. Now, I also did a lot of reading about Carl Jung, you know, who played a, a very important role in the beginnings of AA. And we have the correspondence between Wilson and uh, and Jung, which were very, very important. And uh, uh, and and so Jung has this thing called active imagination, which he said was actually more powerful than dream work. And and over the course of time, I think that's in effect what two way prayer really is. It's it's allowing our imagination uh, to take over for a period of time. You know, in the, in the Eastern tradition, you go towards nothingness. Well, in, in, in this tradition, you go towards uh, a voice inside. Uh, Jung called it, Jung called it the self with a capital S. And, and, and some refer to that as the Christ consciousness, the Buddha consciousness. It's, it's that true self which resides within us. And, 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 and it has business with us. You know, it has work for us to do. And, and in this process, you are finding out what is it that God is asking of you uh, in your life, in your day. Uh, and that's what they were doing. They were, they were guided. They, they, they were seeking God's guidance uh, in, in their daily activities, in their life's work, um, in, in the, the needs that they had. And they, and they accessed that through this prayer process and wrote down 
the thoughts that came to them, you know, and they would call them luminative, like light, luminative thoughts. They, they shine. You look at this one and, uh, ooh, uh, what, what, what is this? Where did this one come from? Uh, so anyway, I've been doing that for many years. I did it by myself for 10. And then a, a friend of mine called, asked what I was doing. Uh, and I, I told him. And he said, well, teach me how to do it. So I did. And then uh, uh, we got together once a week and he shared his quiet time writings, his two-way prayer with me, and I would share my two-way prayer writings with him. And, and I really saw it change him very dramatically. Uh, see, see, we get back to what was wrong. What was wrong inside of me? Well, there, there was a longing for intimacy with the divine. That's it. You know, and, and without that, I'm going to try to fill it with something else. And I can fill it with work or I could fill it with sex or I could fill it with money or whatever. Uh, but it's not going to satisfy. The only thing that satisfies is, 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 is if, if the inside and the outside are matching, you know, and if you haven't gone deep in the inside, there's nothing to match with. So that's why the meditation is so important. That's why they said it was more important than the meetings in the beginning. Well, I first came across that quote, and that sounded like absolute heresy, you know? But it's not, you know? It's not heresy. It's, it's what brought about the transformation was this inner work of connecting at the deepest level with the reality that is within. Now, it takes work, it takes uh, commitment, it takes uh, uh, a pen and a pencil, you know, a paper. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, I did it and it changed my life. So We will be continuing our conversation with Father Bill W. in just a moment. Just a reminder, you are listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at SoberSpeak.com. There you will find approximately 200 or so other episodes you can listen to for free. You can also find the donate button on our website, which you can use only if and only if the spirit moves you to do such. Please keep in mind this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. Sober Speak is a self-supporting organization through our own contributions. We are not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. We do not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor oppose any causes. Now back to Father Bill W. All right, so. Well, you didn't wor warn me about the no controversy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I like it. Uh, you know, we do talk about a lot of things on this podcast that, you know, kind of make people think uh, yeah. and make people kind of come up with their own. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can come up with your own point of view. You know, you can, it's just like an AA meeting, you know, take what you want and leave the rest behind. And, and uh, I'm very good with that. Okay. So <laughs> one of the questions I wanted to ask you about right in the beginning there, you talked about hearing the voice yeah, and a voice inside. Right. Uh, and the self with a capital S and all those sorts of things. So, right. Uh, you know, 
I, I, I understand what you're saying, right? It, it's a, it's this gut. And and I when I go through a decision-making process, Father mm-hmm. Bill, I do yeah. the exact same thing. I get inside. I kind of go – for me, I kind of go with two different decisions, which way I need to go. One gives me peace. One does not. And I, I go through all that, right? And I completely understand what you're talking about. But there are going to be people that are listening to this and go, what do you mean like the voice right. inside? Do you actually right. hear a, a voice? So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, um, you know, uh, two two thoughts come to mind. One is uh, when people um, push me on this, and I get it a lot, uh, I ask them, do you have a critic who lives inside of you? you Do you have a voice that speaks to you, who says terrible things to you? Uh, now, do th- does it come in words, sentences? You know, well, tell me about it. And everybody's got it. Everybody's got it. So this is kind of how the mind works. Um, I remember I was in therapy, um, and a, a therapist said to me, "Bill, if someone said to you the things you say to you about yourself." what would you do to him? And I said, I'd kill him. And he said, good morning. Good morning. I mean, there's your alcoholism. There's, there, there's, there's the alcoholism speaking to me, you know, in that form. Well, there's another voice that's honest, kind, unselfish, loving. Uh, we call it um, uh, the God voice. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I'm as uh, content with uh, agnostics and people who, who are not practicing religion, and, and there's many, many in our 12-step fellowships, uh, who call it by other names. But it's the sacred that resides within us, and, and we can be in touch with that. That's what's so important. We can be in touch with that. And, and 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 Jung said that thing that was was is within wants to be in touch with us. Mm. Wants to be in touch with us. So um, you know, we talk about intuition. I mean, the big book, big book says, you know, we will intuitively know. Well, well, where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 from this center, this divine center that resides within all, each of us. And we want to get in touch with it. And we want to benefit from it. And we want to, we want to communicate with it. And uh, I mean, what an empty prayer life I had for many years. Uh, I was talking and got nothing back. Nothing. Well, I get stuff back now. In the 24-hour book that I had sobered up on, you know, the meditations in that book, what are they? They are the writings of two women in England who were doing two-way prayer. That's what they were, are. Well, people have no problem reading that. But what are we doing? You know, we're reading somebody else's meditation. Well, why do that? Why not do your own? You know, and listen to the voice. I mean, I, I do workshops a lot and teach people how to do the practice. It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, 
at the end of it, we, we get 20, 30 people uh, we have time for to, and everybody hears the voice. <clears throat> everybody hears the voice. Uh, it's in us, <laughs> you know, it's in us. Uh, so let's talk about that workshop a little bit, uh, or, or just in general, what you said, um, uh, what two-way prayer is all about, some of the mechanics of it, right? Uh, we know, I guess, the the ultimate goal is you want to hear the voice inside for your own self, right? Uh, well, not, well, the ultimate goal is to do God's will. Okay. The ultimate goal is to do God's will. And and by hearing the voice, that leads you into God's will. And That's right. It's, it's, right. Uh, it's going to give you the guidance, the particular guidance that you need. Okay, and, so what is the workshop all about then? Well, can you can you give kind of well, a Well, when I do the workshop, it's it's usually about 2 2 and a half hours and it's uh I give the history so that I ground this this work historically in in the Oxford group and in early AA with lots and lots of references to that so that they know this is not something I'm I'm bringing in out of California. I didn't pick it up in La Jolla. <laughs> When I <laughs> when I was out there, you know, it's uh, it's not crystals and that sort of thing. I mean, it's um, it's it's what they did, and I want them to know that. I want them to know that. I want them to know that when Bill Wilson wrote the the twelve steps, he was he he was doing it in a quiet time session, asking for God's guidance, and then picked up the pen and began to write. Mm. And he talks about it, it was almost as if it wrote itself. And so, I mean, there's there's a classic example of, of the process. Uh, quotes from uh, Sam Shoemaker, who uh, was his spiritual mentor. Wilson wanted Sam to write the steps. And he said, no, an alcoholic uh, should write them. But they took the Oxford group process uh, that had never been really written down and 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 he formulated it in a way that sneaky alcoholics would have a hard time getting around it. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to kind of pin them down. This is what we did. Well, it is kind of what they did, but they didn't do it mechanically. They they did it more organically. And I think there's a blessing to the 12 steps, and I think there's a bit of a curse to them as well. And the curse is that we can make them mechanical. You know, we can make them mechanical. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, a woman some years ago, a sweet, sweetheart, you know, uh, but she sent me a 12-step rosary. And I said, oh, my God, here we go. A twelve. Now I do the 12 steps mechanically on my beads, mm-hmm. you know. It's a process. It's a process you're supposed to go through. It's not a set of words you're supposed to worship, you know. <laughs> do, do you do the process? Are, are you living it? Uh, I'll give one more heresy. Uh, <laughs> the only three steps I work today are the last three steps, 10, 11, and 12. They're the only steps I work. You know? And uh, a lot of the old timers, uh, I, I get I get uh, validation for that, that, that the steps are not to be gone through over and over and over again, you know, if you're living 10, 11, and 12, and you've done the very best you can on one through nine, 
then all of those spiritual principles and practices are going to become al alive for you in 10, 11, and 12. I mean, you're going to continue to do inventory. You're going to experience a deeper and deeper surrender. Your awareness of the and and and, uh, and un understanding of God uh, uh, will change. Merton said, "If it doesn't change in every five years, you're 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 not you're not working. You know, you're not you're not growing." Um, so so. Um, yeah, to me, the the two way prayer in in a quiet time session, which is uh, is is spiritual reading uh, and and other forms of prayer, and and if someone does yoga, uh, incorporate that. If someone does journaling, incorporate that. If someone does centering prayer, you can incorporate that. Uh, but save five minutes for listening to God and seeing if God has guidance for you for that day, for your life, uh, for things that are troubling you. And begin writing that down. They weren't stupid people. They would check, uh, is it honest? Is it pure? Is it unselfish? Is it loving? If it's not, you can throw it out. Dr. Bob said something important. I think he said, uh, you know, it's uh, if, 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 if it's a choice between what's right and what's wrong, uh, you don't need guidance. You need a conscience. But if it's a choice between what's right and what's right, that's when you need guidance. It's called wisdom, too. Yeah. So take me through an actual two-way prayer, what you do during a two-way prayer session between you and God. How long does it last? You know, uh, is there some five sort to of- Five to seven minutes, five to seven minutes. I mean, the, the, I, I sit generally for a half hour to an hour. Uh, most of that is in reading and, uh, and sometimes just in silence, sometimes just, just sitting. But then I pick up the pen- and I, what I have done is I really incorporate 10, 11, and 12. So I take my inventory briefly, briefly in the, in the morning, in the morning. Um, and I look, uh, is, there, is there some disconnection between me and another person? Uh, is, is there fear, anxiety, anger? Uh, is there is there a disconnect inside or outside? I look, I feel, I watch. Uh, one of the old timers said, "If you don't watch, you won't know what the hell to pray for." Oh, I love that. And, and so it's really if you don't do step ten, you won't know where to go in eleven. So you watch to see what's out of whack. Now, I rarely have trouble finding something out of whack, you know? I mean, not finding something. It's, it's there. Right. So is, the, is there fear? Uh, what's, what's happening inside, outside? How did I do with that waiter in the restaurant the other day? You know, uh, that they came up for me. I was, I was impatient. You know, there were only three of us in the restaurant, and this guy couldn't get his attention. Well, I got angry. And I could feel that inside of me. Now, what's that about? It's my grandiosity. It's, I mean, does, who, does he have any idea who's sitting here? 
You know, I mean, it's it, and, and and this grandiosity, this godlike image that 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 really takes over if we are not careful. I mean, the big book says we had to stop playing God. They're not fooling around with that. They are not fooling around with that. Uh, that and and no, nor and, and that's exactly what Jung would say as well. You know, that that what we do is we take on godlike characteristics. Uh, so you got to watch for that, and then you then you pray about that. And so I I write a short sentence: you know, God, I'm feeling blah blah blah. Please help me. Okay, so what I've been trying to do in my little pea brain, uh, my little pea spiritual brain, as you're walking through this, is to kind of figure out: okay, what is the differentiators between two way prayer? And like what a lot of people, including myself, would do now. And it sounds to me like it's basically three things. Intention, a kind of a deeper reflection, if you will, uh, and then the journaling part that goes along with it. Would I be correct? Yes, you have to write. Yeah. So, yeah, and I never write. Uh, so that is so that is one of the differentiators between what they were doing early on, right? And what and I don't even know if it, I can't remember if that is even talked about in twelve and twelve or no. uh, the big book. Uh, so no. na- now I'm kind of understanding it a little bit better. Makes sense, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't see Wilson did not want AA to be connected in the mind of the general public with the Oxford group. He was trying to differentiate it. So he was taking their ideas. And yet if he took the four absolutes and if he took uh, the two-way prayer, the guidance piece, people would hear that in the 30s and they say, oh, that's Oxford group. And he wanted to cover that up. And once again, go through the four absolutes, I think pure love. Honesty, pure honesty, honesty. honesty. Honesty, uh, purity, unselfishness, and love. And honesty, purity, purity, unselfishness, and love. And these were taken from a Presbyterian uh, missionary by the name of Robert Speer. He wrote a book called "The Principles of Jesus," and he took uh, he took the life of Jesus. And he distilled it, if you will, down to four characteristics that Jesus was absolutely honest, absolutely pure, absolutely unselfish, absolutely loving. And these Frank Bookman took as as the standards, the way by which we're going to judge our actions. Is it honest? And Wilson said, this is interesting, Wilson was asked, well, so much of the Oxford group was about uh, the absolutes. Where did you put them? He said, I put them in six and seven. I put the absolutes in steps six and seven. And that, I mean, opened another huge door for me in understanding, uh, A, why they're the shortest things in the big book. (laughs) You know, it's it's two paragraphs, you know, Uh, because he didn't want to, I think, go into that in depth. Uh, But if if you really read that, I mean, that's, that's where, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're giving everything. We're giving everything to God. 
And and a- alcoholics and addicts are um, extremists. You know, uh, it's been my experience. We're extremists. And if you just say, well, give a little, it's not going to work. But if you say, give it all, aha, that's different. That's that's worthy of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, well, Father Bill W., as My gosh, a, we're out of time again, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're out of time again. I, it's been so good spending time with you. I really appreciate it. Is there anything? I will put the links to your um, website good. In, in the show notes. Uh, if there's something else you want to... When you want me to put it there in the show notes, you just send it over to me. I'm more than yeah, happy to Yeah, the podcast. It's just the podcast, Father Bill W. Uh, people can listen to to that. And um, and drop me a line at twowayprayer at gmail.com. That's great. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and read once again from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, page 164. It closes all out. It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us, like me and (laughs) Father Bill W., as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, Father Bill, thanks for joining me. been my pleasure. Good to get to know you, John. Thank you again, Father Bill W. Now, remember, for those of you listening out here, we do not want you sharing your gossip or your STD, but do share this episode with a friend or family member. It may be just what they need today. All you got to do is pause your little device and hit that little share button and send it over to that friend or family member. Like I said, it may be just what they need today. Now on to a little bit of a listener feedback. Darren writes in and Darren says, Hey, John M. Thank you for your great work and bringing us this wonderful podcast. And I love your enthusiasm. Well, thank you, Darren. Some people I don't think love my enthusiasm. I've heard about this from others, but hey, we are who we are, right? He says, I have enjoyed being tuned in this past eight or nine months or so. Thanks for being of service. Well, you're welcome, Darren. Thanks for listening. He says, I look forward to checking out Greg P's, uh, oh, blog, Sincere, sin, uh, excuse me, Sincere Regards, Darren G. Santa Rosa, California, for 16 years. Well, what Darren is referring to here is that 
a listener named Greg P submitted a, a blog post. By the way, if you are interested in submitting a blog post, and this could be to give us a review of one of the speakers you've heard on the podcast in the past. It could be something recovery related. Just send me an email to John, J-O-H-N at SoberSpeak.com and I will give you some further direction. But Greg P has a blog post out there on, uh, he actually has a couple of them. Hold on just a second. Let me go real quick. If you go to the website, soberspeak.com, and then you click on blog, uh, and then you'll see something called listener contributions. And Greg P just put a, um, a, a blog out there and it's called Am I Powerless Over Alcohol? And basically what Greg P was doing was summarizing steps one and two by Brian P. Uh, a lot of you have heard Brian P in the past and, and he did a fantastic job. So that's what Darren was saying that he was looking forward to reviewing. And, uh, but, and he has another one. Who else? Greg P also did, oh, he did something on steps 10 and 11 of Alcoholics Anonymous. He reviewed Matthew M. Uh, and he did a fantastic job on that one as well. And there's other listener contributions out there as well. So if y'all want to check that out, go to so speak.com click on blog and then click the listener contributions but thank you darren g from santa rosa california for writing in i appreciate it sergio writes in oh i love that name sergio he says hello john i'm a 52 year old mexican mexican man i live in puebla uh, which is a city next to Mexico City on the south side. I used to be in a group about three years ago, and I stopped going there before the pandemic. I would like to go back, but the infections are a bit high in my city, and it's not recommended to be together in rooms in big groups. I listened to your podcast, which I found on podcast iTunes. I really like listening to your podcast. I just started my recovery only 37 days sober. But I feel very motivated to listening to the speakers. Thank you very much. And let's keep in touch. Well, let's keep in touch, Mr. Sergio. Regards, Sergio M. Well, Sergio, congratulations on your 37 days. And by the time you hear this, let's hope it's a, a little more than that. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for writing in from Puebla, Mexico, Mr. Sergio. I sure do appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's it for the week. One more in the can. One more in the books. Uh, one more episode finished, I guess is what I'm saying. I take this one week at a time. I hope to be back next week. You never can tell with any of us. God bless you. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Have a good week. Bye.